Thank you for listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Please don't turn that dial. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. And now, Dakota Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda. The Red Panda, mysterious crusader for justice, hides his true identity as one of the city's wealthiest men in his never-ending battle against crime and corruption. Only his fiance, Kit Baxter, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the flying squirrel, knows who wears the mask of the red panda. This episode, the third wave. Captain Sol, may I trouble you a moment? Doctor von Schlitz, I think you ought to return to your seat, sir. You are most a secretive man, Herr Captain. Not at all, Doctor. But the weather patterns over the jungle are unpredictable at best. Uh, we may run into turbulence. Bah! I've made this trip many times before, Captain. The flight from Rio de Janeiro to my private research facility has become routine. Well, maybe when I've brought you there a few more times myself, Doctor, I'll be as casual as you are. I'm surprised to find you timid, Captain Sol. That is not your reputation. I don't mind risk when it's my own neck on the line. But I won't risk the life of my passengers. Especially one with such deep pockets. What's that you say? Our mutual friend Grieber told me a little bit about you, Dr. Von Schlitz. Is that so? He says this jungle research facility of yours is quite an operation. Which means that either you're independently wealthy, or you've got some pretty powerful backers. You have no idea. Music to my ears. Either way, you do a lot of business down here. You can't blame me for wanting to bring the golden goose in for a safe landing. <laughs> Herr Captain, you are a man after my own heart. I'll take that as a compliment, if I may. I wish you would. Better take your seat, sir. Yes, about that. Problem? Uh, perhaps not, but as I say, I have made this flight many times, and it seems to me I should be able to see the facility by now. Oh, yes? You seem to be approaching from a different path. Uh, these mountains are, are new to me. As I say, Doctor, the weather over the Amazon jungle is unpredictable. I've taken a wide swing over the mountains to avoid a front of rough weather. As soon as we clear this mountain dead ahead, everything should be clear. Ah, oh, very good, Sol. Very good indeed. You are sure we are high enough to clear that peak? I know what I'm doing, Doctor. You'd better have a seat, though. The wind around these mountaintops can pitch without warning. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I think I will do just that. Uh, carry on, Herr Captain. Are you sitting comfortably, Doctor von Schlitz? Uh, yes. Uh, thank you, Captain. Good. But what is the meaning of this? My arms, my legs, I I cannot move. Don't bother to struggle with the restraints, Von Schlitz. I assure you, there's no point. What is the meaning of this outrage? Captain Sir, take your seat. Who's flying the plane? Relax, Herr Doctor. I got the stick tied off. It'll get you where you're going. The plane will clear the mountaintop? No. Sir, why are you doing this? What can you have to gain? Wait, that... That insignia on your parachute. You recognize it? It is... It is the mark of that flying adventurer! Captain Tom Sunlight, at your service, Von Schlitz. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to step out for a breath of fresh air. Try and enjoy the view. It should last another minute or so. Sunlight, bye! Bye, you're doing this, please! Oh, Von Schlitz, one more thing. What is it? Our mutual friend, the Red Panda, says hello. 
the Red Panda. Yes, and goodbye. Captain In the crime lab, Kit. There you are. And about this whole boss thing. I know, I know. Cut me a little slack, would ya? Things have been moving kind of fast. A week ago, I was a girl chauffeur off on a scandalously unsupervised trip to New York with her dear old gadabout boss. And today, you're quite suddenly engaged to the same wealthy scoundrel and apt to be unexpectedly kissed on little or no notice. <clears throat> Right. I'm uh, just a little overwhelmed around the edges. I could stop. Oh no, you couldn't. <laughs> Listen, it's just a nickname. I'll come up with something else eventually. If you're fine with it, I certainly don't. Well, you get kind of a kick out of it, don't you? I'm only human. Besides, darling doesn't have quite the same ring in a brawl, does it? Not so much. What you got there? Today's papers. Ah, skip that noise. I got something actually worth reading. Just came off the teletype. What does it say? No idea. It's in code. How do you know it's worth reading then? Anything in a code I don't know has got to be good. Interesting point. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's it. How do you like your new nickname to be Susan? It's from our old friend Captain Sunlight. Tom, that old crop dusting menace to society. What's he got to say? <clears throat> Boss, don't make me get out my Ovaltine code book. It says package delivered. Tell the squirrel to duck next time. Boss, I called in a favor. I'd rather not elaborate. Three. Two, one. He flew von Schlitz into the side of a mountain. He what? Von Schlitz thought he killed you, Kit. He meant to do it. He pulled the trigger. As far as he knew, he shot you dead. And the fact that Doctor Chronopolis's shield protected you doesn't make him any less guilty. So, so you flew him into the side of of a mountain? I made the kind of decision that would have once been unthinkable, and I'd do it again. Nobody kills the woman I love twice. Problem. How long is this engagement thing supposed to last?、Uh, about a year, generally, I think. Dang! How do you feel about a very, very, very sudden elopement? Kit Baxter, behave yourself. I'm trying, boss, but you sure don't make it easy on a girl. We're just a pair of hopeless romantics, aren't we? Yes, boss. Let's go. Go? But are we working or eloping? Working. Darn! Grab the rest of those newspapers. I'll explain in the car. Hey, you! D- do I know you guys? Watch your mouth. What? What are you doing in this neighborhood? I-, I live here. Who are you? Don't get smart. What? I saw you bothering those girls. What girls? What girls? He says the girls on the corner. You got a smart mouth. Look, I don't want any trouble. Good, 'cause neither do we. No, this is a nice neighborhood. People don't want trouble here. They just want to go about their business. All right then, I should be going. Oh, you don't get it at all. Decent people around here have rights. 
decent people? Ladies have a right to walk the street without being harassed like that. This is a nice neighborhood, get it? This is my neighborhood, actually. I've lived here ten years. I've never seen either of you before today. Now, I don't know what you boys think you saw or what brings you here. What brings us here? I'll tell you what brings us here. This street is now under the protection of the third wave, see? The third wave? Look, I, I don't want any trouble. Too late for that, pal. Get his arms. Hey, hey, let go! Get him in the alley! Help! Somebody! Save your breath, pal. We're the ones that are here to help. <coughs> 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 wouldn't by any chance be on our way to knock off a few society columnists, would we? Sorry, Squirrel. You could have bought them a ticket on Von Schlitz's plane. I know our secret identities have been getting a rough ride in the papers this week, but you've got to admit, billionaire playboy to wed lady driver is a pretty good pitch to hit. You would quote the classiest headline. Trust me, I'm not forgetting what's been said or by whom. Next craze act of vengeance is on me, sweetie. Fair enough. But if you dug a little further into the papers, you'd have noticed a very disturbing little front moving in. Huh? Do tell. As near as I can tell, we picked up a little competition while we were away. Masks and tights? I almost wish it were that simple. There's been a rash of citizen intervention, if you will. Intervention? In crimes, you mean? Yes. A crowd got hold of a purse snatcher just south of your apartment, actually. Roughed him up pretty badly, apparently. Sounds like a romantic evening on the town. Or maybe that's just me. There was an illegal club cleaned out on College Street. Some grifters driven out of Parkdale. Jeez, we were only gone nine days. We have been pretty busy for a while now, though. I'm not implying mystic threats, foreign powers, and shadowy organizations aren't important. But sometimes they do disconnect us from the street. Just a titch. Come to think of it, I've been hearing from the agents about some new... Oh, what was it? Uh, neighborhood protection groups popping up all over. As have I. And public decency leagues. So what's wrong with that? We're not opposed to a little public decency now, are we? In moderation. Not as such. But it is a phrase that invites interpretation. And you know how much I trust that. Just enough to keep every other masked hero, who isn't soft and squirrel-shaped at the city limits. In a nutshell. But boss, if people really are stepping up to protect the folks around them... I mean, isn't that a good thing? Maybe. Until two nights ago. What happened two nights ago? These scattered, independent groups suddenly came up with snappy uniforms and started calling themselves the Third Wave. Okay. That's creepy. I thought so. So why are we burning rubber to get to the Chronicle building at this hour? We're taking our seats a little late on this one. I'm hoping our old friend Jack Peters can find us a program. Ladies and gentlemen of the Citizens for Safety, I want to offer my sincere thanks for inviting me here to speak with you tonight. Thank you! It's groups like this that keep the very fabric of our society together in these difficult times. Look around this hall tonight. What do you see? People like you and me. People who care about our safety, our community, our traditions, and our children. These are the pillars on which our society was built. 
on which this country was built. These are the strengths which made us thrive before this darkness descended, which have sustained us through this depression, and which will lead us once again out of the darkness and into the light of a bright new day. So, look around at the faces around you, the people around you who have braved the elements to be with us tonight. The people who have given of themselves because they care that deeply about that brighter future. Look at those people and say, thank you, neighbor, because none of it can happen without all of you. Now, now, friends, friends, I know that since last we spoke, the young men of this assembly have been giving freely of their time to help watch the streets of this community. And that is admirable. There is an organization in place, a brotherhood, if you will, of strong men willing to lend that strength to others so that no one here need live in fear. I applaud those men, and I know you join me in thanking them. But neighbors, it is not enough. We cannot just put a wall around ourselves and a hundred houses. We are part of a community, a city. And if it is not strong, then none of us can stand. We must take our city back from those that have brought this darkness upon us. I ask the young men of your defense committee to join in that greater work. To be a part of something great that is building and growing every day. I ask you to make the full commitment to the principles you hold so dear, to wear the uniform of the third wave. You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from Decoder Ring Theater. Your address for adventure, mystery, and comedy. Here we go. Earl Grey with milk for the lady and black coffee for the big fella. Thanks, Petey. Folks must think you're a thirsty guy. It's not like we came in the front door. You kidding? The night editor sees me walk into an empty office with three cups. He's got a pretty good idea who I'm entertaining. He also knows it'll be good for a headline or two. It will be good for a headline or two, won't it? Unless I miss my guess, Mr. Peters, I'm afraid it will. What do you think the odds are he'll ever call me Petey? Offhand, not very good. Tell me about this third wave. I've been a crime reporter maybe 20 years now. I've seen mobs spring up before. Never like this. They came out of nowhere. Usually these things run out of steam before they ever really get going. These guys were barely on the board before they were everywhere. Absorbing smaller groups, committees... Are you boys really both so sure these guys aren't on the level? You don't have to be a vet to know a dead fish smells. Now, why didn't I think of that? Look... The first night that the uniforms appeared on the streets, there were reports in from all over the city. Even if every man jack of this third wave was involved in an incident that made its way into the police files, that's still at least 60 men, and more each night since. And? So how long do you think it'd take to get your hands on that many uniforms? A month, at least. And unless you just happen to recruit boys who happen to fit what they happen to have on the rack, it's a bigger order than that. Meaning that someone has been working on this for quite some time in secret. Okay. I'm on board with a bad feeling about this now. A nice piece of lateral deduction. 
Petey. Say, he's really loosening up. You have no idea. Do you have any idea where they ordered the uniforms from? Nah, I've been chasing that two days and come up goose eggs so far. There's a lot of good places in town that would have done it for a song just to keep busy. Which means someone went to a great deal of trouble and expense to be certain we couldn't trace that lead back to them. Bingo! That gives me goose pimples. My editor? Not so much. He's just desperate to get the society romance drack off the front pages. No fooling. Look, the rich guy with the pretty driver? Turns out he owns the Chronicle. So we have to play nice. We're getting murdered by every other paper in town while we make with the soft soap. You're breaking my heart. Yeah, well, I may have finally caught a break. Got a guy who wants to spill his guts. Mike Shepard, his name is. An informer? How did you manage that? I hear around the campfire that these punks beat a man pretty badly tonight for saying hello to a couple of girls. I don't understand. The girls were white. The goons were white. The man, eh, not so much. You don't mean... Public decency is a very fluid term, isn't it? I can't believe it. That could happen here? Last night, a crowd of these crazy kids pulled a landlord out of his home and beat him in front of his family. If he was guilty of anything other than being Jewish, the cops don't know what it could be. Boss! This kind of thing's happened elsewhere. Half a Europe! It's not happening here. I won't allow it. Times are tough. People look for scapegoats. Hard times are no excuse for blind hatred. Yeah, well, I imagine more than a few of this third wave would agree with you. But so far, Shepard's the only guy who's not too scared to come forward. I'm supposed to meet him at midnight. You can come with if you promise to stick to the shadows and keep your hands in your pockets. I promise nothing. Anybody down there? Mike Shepard? Keep it down, would you? You Shepard? Who else do you think is going to be down this rat-filled alley in the middle of the night? And what's the idea calling out my name like that? You're awful jittery, Shepard. Yeah, well, maybe I got a reason to be. Maybe you do. Let's go get some coffee and talk it over. Ah, no. We talk right here, and fast. Sounds pretty serious. It's serious enough. There's more behind this third wave than you know, than anybody knows. If people knew... They know some pretty terrible things have been done. And those that don't yet will know soon enough. You're smart to come in from the cold now. Smart ain't got nothing to do with it. The smart ones are the ones that don't step out of line. But somebody's got to. If you're so worried, come on down to police headquarters. Tell them what you know, and they'll protect you. Nobody can protect me. They got people in the police. Who? This third wave? The third wave is nothing. Something they started up, like a toy. They pushed the right buttons, set us in motion. I just wanted to help keep my family safe, my neighbors. I just wanted to do the right thing. So what happened? We happened. Human nature happened. Everybody's got a dark side. You get a mob together, some are bound to come out. The aggressive take over, the weak follow them. Think that maybe we're right to be afraid, right to strike out at those that are different. That's the worst thing about this. They didn't do anything to us but wind us up and set us loose. And if it isn't stopped, they'll use us to destroy the city for them. Destroy the very thing we set out to protect. Slow down, Shepard. Who are they? And how much of this can you prove? People have to know, Mr. Peters. That's why I came to a reporter. If people see this third wave for what they've become now, before they've grown, it's the only way to stop them. Take it easy, pal. We just need... What the... There they are! Get out! Leaping lizards! Where'd they come from? They're getting away. The heck they are! You help Petey! Mr. Peters! Jack! No. Help. Help me. You. Shepard. You. 
You're... I know who I am. You have to tell me what you know. I, I'm hurt bad. I need a doctor. No doctor in the world can help you, Shepard. They murdered you as surely as they murdered Jack Peters. The only vengeance you can have is to tell me what you know. Who is behind the third wave? Uh, a man named Adamson. Richard Adamson. He, he knows. He, he spoke to us. To groups all over the city. Organized us. Then, then brought the third wave in. Where can I find this Adamson? He, uh, he was staying at the Rock Hotel. Might, might still be there. Is he the mastermind? Shepard? Who is Adamson working for? Shepard! Shepard! Boss! Hey! Hey, Petey! Squirrel, don't! He's dead. Oh, boss. No. What about the car? They were too busy shooting at me to watch where they were going. They slammed into a parked car and the gas tank blew. Neither of them made it out. Shepard was right. The only way to stop this monster in its tracks is to pull it into the light of day. When people see this third wave for the creature of hate and prejudice that it is... Boss! That outfit Shepard's wearing. Is this a third wave uniform? I suppose it must be. Look at this insignia. I've seen this before. Yes, Squirrel. It's all starting to make sense. Come on. We've got to get to the Brock Hotel. We couldn't save Jack Peters... But maybe he can still save this city from itself. Richard Adamson. Who's there? You're packing in a hurry, Richard Adamson. Come out of there. Step out of the shadows. As you wish. No. No, not you. Please, please, I've done nothing. No more lies, Adamson. You have murdered two men just as surely as if you pulled the trigger yourself. No, no, it isn't true. You created this third wave. I want to know why. Please, it was just a job. I'm a public speaker. I lecture on public safety, civic duty, you know, rah-rah stuff plays pretty well on tour, or it used to. They hired me for a series of speeches. Every little church basement group in town that would have me. It seemed so harmless. Harmless? They changed the tactics on me so gradually. It it didn't seem... Oh, at first, they didn't... They didn't come to you in black uniforms wearing this insignia? That... That's a third wave crest. True. This did come from a third-wave uniform, but that is not where I saw it first. It was on the uniforms of a paramilitary group led by a Commander Varkin. Varkin? Yes, I thought he might have crossed your path. He managed to escape prison six months ago. His group staged economic attacks on the city designed to instill fear and paralyze industry. That was the first wave. Please, Varkin and the others... They'll kill me. With Varkin behind bars for his role in the ghost ship attacks, they reformed and adopted the tactics of organized crime, calling themselves the Syndicate. The Syndicate? Yes, that was the name. They even tried to use supervillains in their plots, 
but always their goal was to tear down order and replace it with their own. That was the second wave. And at last they tried to use the city's own citizens to destroy the fragile peace in the name of protecting their families and communities. And that's where you came in. Please, I wasn't part of this. You're the first one who can prove it, Adamson. The first who can tie it all together. I can't. You must, or this monster you've created will be unstoppable. And the city will fall into madness. They have people on the police. So I hear. That is a matter for another day. You will give your sworn statement to the editor of the Chronicle, and then I will use resources at my disposal to get you far from here and keep you safe. And if I refuse? I'm sorry. Did I phrase any of that as a request? Got to hand it to you, Kit. This article reads like vintage Jack Peters. Thanks, boss. He risked his life an awful lot for justice in his own way, and busting this case wide open might have been the most important thing he ever did. Seemed right that he should have the byline. How did you convince the editor of the Chronicle? With my usual mixed bag of charm and threats. Well, it couldn't have been difficult after he read this. I had no idea you could write so well. He was a little surprised, too. In fact, he offered me a job. He what? That's what I said. A... Are you going to take it? <laughs> Think about this one, boss. He offers the flying squirrel a job, and Kip Baxter shows up for work? I see your point. Still, you do have real talent. I've also got talent for busting up bad guys in a nice tight catsuit, don't I? And you did once tell me I wouldn't be much of a sidekick if I had to take a second job. I did say that, didn't I? Hmm, girl reporter is a swell idea. Maybe someday. Don't sell the paper. <laughs> but right now, the city needs both the red panda and the flying squirrel. Don't you think? I really do. Think this'll finish the syndicate once and for all? No, but it will set them back, and it might force their hand. And it will certainly be the end of this third wave... I'm sure that uniforms are being burned all over town. Mm -hmm. Even good people can get swept up in some pretty terrible things, boss. The syndicate played on people's worst fears. Tried to rile them up into the same kind of mob chaos that's pulling Europe apart at the seams. And hoped that they wouldn't see themselves turning into monsters until they'd gone too far to turn back. Well, you put a stop to that with some very choice turns of phrase. <laughs> I think that anyone who saw the third wave as heroes would be forced to confront the dark corners of their own soul. But the villains behind this terrible plot won't blow away so easily. That's a tough nut to crack, boss. If someone wants to steal something, well, that's one thing. You can stop them or catch them, because what they want is easy to understand. Granted. But these loons, I still don't know what they hope to gain. The power, I guess. But how? If we don't figure that out, how are we supposed to stop them? With cunning and guile? Hmm. See now, why does it sound possible when you say it? I can be very persuasive. Mm, do tell. Or better yet, do show. Hmm, maybe I will. Well, aren't you going to tell me to behave myself? I thought I might let you tell me. Oh. Well, I guess that might happen. Oh, yes? Eventually. Maybe. <laughs> And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! 
This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, episode 37, The Third Wave, was written and directed by Greg Taylor, with original music by Andrea Lyons, and featured the vocal talents of M. John Kennedy, Christopher Mott, Michael Booth, Gregory Z. Cook, Clarissa Denetterlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. Hi, I'm Persephone Rose, executive producer for Postal Roach and the creator of Emperor Pigs. I'm a huge fan of audio drama, and if you're listening to this right now, I've got a sneaking suspicion you might be too. So make sure your headphones are plugged in tight because you're going to want to hear this. From July 24th through the 26th in 2020, producers, directors, composers, writers, actors, technicians, and fans of audio drama are gathering together for the world's first international modern audio drama convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia. This is going to be amazing. If you like panels, there's going to be panels. Workshops, they've got them. Studio sessions, swag events, live performances, and most importantly, all your favorite creators are going to be there. You can get all the details and purchase your tickets online at www.madcon.com. That's M-A-D hyphen C-O-N dot com. See you at Madcon.